0: It's time for the Plan With Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's plan with Dan. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Plan With Dan. Walter Storholt here alongside Dan Betzel, founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors. Hey, Dan, how's it going with you this week? I'm doing well. How about you? Fantastic. What's going on in your life?
1: Well, it's been quite an interesting week. You know, our, our daughter who lives in um, in Manhattan has been home, and uh, she got a cat yesterday. So, okay. has <laughs> kind of turned her house upside down. She's been looking for a cat for a long time, and like anything else you can imagine, uh, like the adoption fees in Columbus are, I think, $75, and in uh, in Manhattan, in the city, as they say, they're like 250
0: So Oh, uh, wow. That's a yeah, lot more expensive so to go get a cat. Absolutely. So, <laughs> she
1: found this... It's, it is an adorable little kitten, but, you know, I'm so... I mean... I love having her home. I'm so happy she got a kitten, but I would not want to keep the kitten here. Oh, so, but yeah, anyway, it's been yeah. it's been fun. It's been fun.
0: I'm more of a have more a of a dog guy, more than more than a cat person. But.
1: I am too, but she she's always loved cats and so it's going to be great for her. But what's interesting too is um you just don't put it on the plane when you go home. You have to call and you have to make a reservation and they have a very delta anyway. It's not cheap to take to have a uh, have a small animal fly with you in the cabin. Oh,
0: I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's got to be it's, it's, it's got to be expensive.
1: I think it was one hundred twenty-five dollars, which I thought was a lot. Yeah, that's and a lot. it uh, and it counts as a carry-on. Like if you're paying one hundred twenty-five bucks, I don't think it should count as a carry-on. But anyway, it's it's all good. It's 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 been it's been really fun. I
0: might just really sneak fun. it in as an actual carry-on at that point. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just pay your not have to pay anything. Just just you, be quiet. Yeah. Be quiet in your little basket. You know, <laughs> something like that.
1: But. Anyway, that's that's been the excitement at my house this week.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Well, congrats on, uh, so you're a grand granddad to a cat now. You're, you're a cat granddad, is that the...
1: Uh, yeah, I heard that from her, and I'm not so sure what I think about that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> not so. quite not quite ready
0: for that term. All right, All right. We'll, 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 we'll pass over that. Excellent. Uh, well, we've got a great show on the way today. If you are a regular listener to Plan with Dan, welcome back. Great to have you with us again. And if you're new to the program, let me tell you a little bit about Dan. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you throughout the greater Columbus area. He's got an office near Gahanna. Uh, right there near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan brings almost two decades of experience in the financial planning world to the program each and every time we join together here. And on today's show, we're going to talk about a little bit later on a good uh, listener question that has come to us from Alex in Westerville. He's got some questions about uh, his growth in a 401k. We're going to find out what hobby uh, Dan would love to get into if time and money weren't an issue, what would he do in his free time and what would be kind of a passion he'd like to develop. Well, t- to tackle all those things coming up. I wanted to jump in today, Dan, into our main topic of talking about a, a parent's home and the situation the, uh, that surrounds that kind of conversation over, let's say you inherit a home from your parents or it's going to happen. You kind of know that it's part of maybe the legacy plan or the estate plan, that that's going to be something that happens to you. You're going to inherit a parent's home. How do people handle that situation? What are the options? How often are you guiding people through something like that?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting question, and you know, as my own practice matures, because you know I'm maturing, which is you know just a euphemism for getting older, um, <laughs> I have this, this situation come up all the time, and you know, and we are we really are in the midst of the largest transfer of wealth in the history of the world you know from the greatest generation to the baby boomers and it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing to be to be a part of and it. it's you know it's quite a privilege but once you know when when someone's going to inherit um, a family home a parent's home they basically have three choices they can sell it you know they can move in themselves and uh, or they can rent it and when i when i've worked through these issues with people there's some things that i think people don't really know and there's some also some potential traps based on you know which you know which way you decide to go you and your you know your siblings usually so i mean so for some people they they say well we can't sell it you know because we're, there's going to be so much taxes and what they what they don't realize though is that when you're when you're Parents passed away, you got to step up in basis. So, you know, if the house was worth $10,000 when they bought it and $200,000 when they died, and you sell it for $200,000, guess what? You don't have to pay any capital gains tax because they got to step up in basis. So, I, I, I want to make sure people understand that. The other thing that, I, that I've seen happen is they don't understand that if the house isn't occupied, Often the current property and casualty insurance has an exclusion in it, and there is no uh, coverage for anything that may happen. You have to go and, and, and pay a little bit extra you know, to get a um, policy that's a non-occupied you know, a home policy. So you know, if you're going to sell the house, those are the two things I, I like to talk to people about. Um, a lot of people, they want to move in. You know, and so there's some really advantages to that. Maybe one of the siblings wants to move in. They can pay rent, you know, to the other siblings. That works out really well. And something I never thought about, had a client just tell me last week that, um, you know, their parents had all of this stuff, years and years and years and years and years of things they've collected, you know, pictures and, and all kinds of stuff around the house. And and the child that moves in, who's paying some rent to the siblings, it gives them a lot of time, you know, to go through and to sort, you know, what's what what are they going to give to charity, what are they going to, you know, take out for the trash man, and and what are the various family members are going to get. And, you know, I know in my own experience, when my mother-in-law passed away, my wife and her sisters were under uh, quite a time cur- Crunch, you know to get the house cleaned out because they had sold it oh and we were all, we were all down there for like a five day cleaning you know feast fest i guess it would
0: it's be a, a <laughs> mad rush to try and figure it <laughs> yeah. all out
1: yeah, to get you know, because it sold so quickly, because it was you know it was a it was a, late, it was a house in Tennessee, it backed up on a lake, you know, and they put they put it for sale, and it's you know sold the next day. But something else that can happen is that, however, there's often there's a special you know property tax assessment that your parents had as senior citizens, but if you move in, you lose that you know that special tax assessment that was you know not having them pay as many taxes. That's also a little trap that happens. So
0: and that's something I wouldn't now, have thought about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, these are things that you know that come up. You know that they're just through talking with people and working with your people, and, and and they're all they all can be managed. But it's better to know, I think, before you get the tax bill than after that you no longer you know are eligible for the uh, senior tax assessment. Now renting is pretty interesting. I've had some clients that have, have have done this. I mean, insurance, of course, is very different, right, for a rental property than for a property that you live in or even one that's that's not occupied. Often, their expenses with property managers. If nobody lives in the area or nobody has the time or the skill, you got to make sure that you know you find the right property manager. I've been unfortunately with clients, you know, where the tenant, or the or the or the renter, you know, has sued them. And that's, that's never fun, of course. Um, but from a tax perspective, you know, wow, you can, you know, you can depreciate this, uh, not the land, but you can depreciate the, the value of, of the actual structure. And that can create some really good tax brackets. So, uh, you know, I guess, the, you know, in conclusion, I mean, you know, you have, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, um, asset uh, that parents often want to leave to their children. And then, you know, you and your siblings have to get together and decide, you know, are we going to sell it? Is someone going to move in? You know, and buy the other ones out or pay rent, or are we going to use it as a rental property? And, you know, just make sure you st- sit down and think about it and know there's potentials, potential little traps and little things you have to know no matter what. No matter what way you decide to go,
0: I'm sure everybody's doing what I'm doing right now, and that's just sort of kind of playing this out in your mind. I mean, not that I'm you know counting the down the days until something like this would happen. Uh, hopefully, there's a long time for, for me at least before I've got to cons, uh, consider this. But just kind of interesting to consider, yeah. What would you do? And I, I don't think I'd move in right away. And they kind of live uh, so they're at the beach. So I kind of think, well, boy, I probably would just rent it. You know, find and it may be more of a vacation rental rather than a long term rental. So. It's kind of different for depending on what your situation is and where you are in life would kind of dictate where you go.
1: Yeah, you know, so my my wife's family is from the Cleveland area and her parents retired relatively young. i like late 50s, I think early 60s uh, to Lake Cherokee. Um, in Tennessee and it was a wonderful wonderful family vacation spot you know we everybody would go down there their house backed up on to Lake Cherokee they had a pontoon boat they had a jet ski they had a canoe it was like it was great right and so everybody wanted to keep it and rent it but we lived the closest and we're nine hours away so it's pretty hard (laughs) I mean you, you, you can do it of course but the my wife and her two sisters of course were making the decisions and they thought about keeping it you know renting it but and ultimately decided just to sell it
0: yeah I think we're gonna run into that with my grandparents who at some point Uh, you know, not too far down the line when this uh, eventually occurs, it's going to be a conversation. Very similar. It's, it's a house up in Maine, beautiful home, but there's going to be kind of a conversation, you know, it'd be great to keep it in the family, but it might be kind of hard to keep it because everyone's so far away. Um, Yeah. It might might make it more difficult to, I think in in reality, you may have, you may want one of those three options. Like you may want to move in or, or keep it and rent it out, but still get to go there yourself, but it just may not be feasible. So,
1: yeah, that that was the conclusion they came to was, Yeah,
0: just too tough to pull off, I guess, uh, in some cases. So I think a lot of people may hear this, Dan, and go, well, this is kind of an interesting topic. Because when I think of a broker, or someone called a financial advisor, I'm thinking selling stocks, bonds, you know, not this kind of stuff. But you help people walk through lots of decisions like this, because it's all part of the total package.
1: Yeah, you know, holistic planning certainly includes, you know, how, you know, putting together a portfolio and helping you manage your portfolio. Uh, but there's these five, you know, interrelated areas of, of, I think, holistic financial planning. And one of them certainly is uh, estate planning. And this falls into that area. Uh, I'm particularly interested in this. And I'm, I think I particularly have a lot of skills in it because I did practice, you know, estate planning law for, I hate to say it, but twenty some years. So I'm very, I'm very comfortable <laughs> talking about
0: this particular area. Your, your, uh, your skill set is so diverse with all the different things you do, Dan. I totally forgot about that element, even that that you've had all of that background experience as well. So, so it's just, so
1: I'm not scared when someone brings me a legal document right. or brings me a, a you know, a, a, a title to property. I, I'm, I'm able to, you know, help them with it, which I'm really happy that I can do that. If it, it makes me feel good when I can help
0: them. Absolutely, yeah. If you've got questions about this, uh, give Dan a call. 614-472-4510. four seven two forty five ten. He'd be happy to look at your situation, walk through some areas of uh, potential improvement, talk to you about this in particular. Of course, you know what would you do with an inherited property? What, how does it impact your overall financial plan? But of course, you want to get that holistic view of everything that's going on. So, if you haven't had a review done before with Dan, give him a call. Six one four. Four seven two forty five ten, or online as always at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And we'll put a link in the description of today's show for how you can get there as well. So you don't have to worry about trying to spell Betzel, just in case you haven't uh, seen it in writing too much. Uh, but it is Betzel All right, well, there you have it. Great uh, information and things to think about when it comes to inheriting a potential parent's home in the future. <laughs> It's getting to know you time. That sound means it's time to get to know Dan a little bit better. So a question that's not in the financial world, just getting to know your personality some here, Dan. Uh, What hobby, my question for you this time around, what hobby would you get into if time and money weren't an issue?
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to think how long ago was it? I I got my private pilot's license, what they call VFR, you know, visual flight rules. Maybe wow, twenty some years ago, and I really loved it. You know, i, I mean, uh, it wasn't—it was not an easy skill for me to learn, uh, but I really—I mean, there's something so exciting, you know, about. You know, pulling back on the yoke and having the nose of the little airplane lift off of the ground and and take off. Now, this was a very very small airplane. It's a Cessna 152. Often when I was flying around, like the trucks underneath me would be going faster than I was. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, it was pretty exciting. So if I had the time and and I had the you know significant uh money to put toward it, I'd like to go up to what they call like IFR. You know, instrument to become instrument. Um, instrument rated and maybe you know a bigger airplane not just a lawnmower with a little propeller on it um but it was still really really fun so i i think yeah maybe someday you know if my health stays and i have the time um i like to continue my uh my my interest in airplanes and, and and learning how to fly, you know, a more complex airplane than the one that I learned. Although the one I learned was challenging enough because it is it, not a skill that it's nat- that comes naturally to me. But are you so you're was, not still flying really currently? No, there's really complicated rules. I can't even remember what they are. But so your your flight your license stays valid, I think, forever. If there's pilots out there listening, I'm, you you would know for sure. But but you have to do a, I think it's called a biennial flight review, like okay. every six months or a year. I'm not sure. And I, and so I'm so out of date. Yeah. And you have to have a medical, too. So, it, you know, it would take, I don't know, 20 hours or so of probably instructions to get to get current again.
0: OK, well, that's not I'm too, just guessing. Not I, don't too bad. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. You can get you can get back there. That, that's not yeah. a that's not a lost. Uh, that's a dream <laughs> deferred. Dan, right. Not a, uh, well, not, we're talking not a twenty stream. flight
1: hours, not twenty
0: hours. <laughs> oh, gotcha. 20, not just like, twenty
1: flight hours is like I'm going to spend you know, a weekend
0: know. just studying the books again, <laughs> no. and now I can fly.
1: No, no, it's like probably hundred and fifty hours. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Gotcha. But anyway, gotcha. It would be fun. It would be fun
0: in retirement. Maybe you can jump back into it. Uh, maybe, but potentially, yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I think if if time and money weren't an option, I, it would be really cool to go learn how to fly. I think that would be really yeah. that would be really neat. Yeah. So. Uh, I would would just jump right in with you on that hobby and that answer. Good. So, very cool. (laughs) That's getting to know Dan Betts a little bit better. And before we wrap up for the week, time to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So this week's question on the mailbag comes to us from Alex in Westerville. And here's Alex's question. He says, I've seen a lot of growth in my 401k recently, which has been nice. But I feel that I should capture these gains and take risk off the table. On the other hand, what if the market keeps going up for another year or two and I miss out on that growth? This question might as well have been written by me, Dan, because I kind of feel that same way. I'm sure everybody does.
1: That's uh, a great question. Actually, I think there's maybe probably two or so levels to this. I mean, you know, the, the 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 first level would be, you know, is your portfolio being managed properly so that you know, as we have these growth in the various asset categories that your that's rebalancing is taking place. Um, I you know, I just I just looked at a rather large portfolio earlier this week and the person had 30 or so individual stocks and they were all you know in one asset category and you know basically whatever the S&P 500 did their portfolio mirrored it so you know when they had periods of of growth nobody did anything with them but if you're having a really uh, you know prudently managed portfolio, you know at the end of the quarter or, or whatever period it is, if you have these these various positions, you know whether you've seen this growth, well they they sell high, you know they and they and they bring that back down to the target and they use those excess funds, you know, to purchase other asset classes, maybe bonds for example, you know that aren't doing it that, that you know weren't doing as well at that particular time frame. So you know, I guess that's if your portfolio is being managed, this 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 issue is being addressed. But you're also asking another question, I think, is you know knows how much risk is appropriate for where you are, you know, in the investment cycle, for your age, for your overall, you know, risk tolerance. You know, I'd encourage you to talk to somebody. There's some really great tools um, that you can use to help you really get clear, you know, about how much risk you can take. I don't mean some like abstract number, but I mean like the number in your gut. If I open up my portfolio and I've lost, you know, $80,000, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to feel? So yeah, so if your portfolio is managed properly, it addresses this question. It's a great question. And also, you know, go talk to somebody and make sure that your portfolio has the right amount of risk for you, you know, where you are in your investment, um, investment
0: life cycle. That's another great question, Alex. Thank you for that one. As always, if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, or if you just want to talk one-on-one with Dan, we don't have to feature the question publicly. You can do that by going to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Check the description of today's show for a link if you need it, or give them a call at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, great show. Appreciate all the help and guidance on this one. And uh, we'll look forward to another great topic with you next time around. Great. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. That's Dan Betzel and Walter Storhold. Thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to talking to you next time, right back here on the Plan with Dan podcast.
1: Fee based financial planning and investment advisory services are
0: offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.